Praise the Lord and God bless you this evening and welcome to the Tabernacle of Deliverance Sunday evening service. I'm your host, Pastor Wells. And again, I'm excited about what God is doing today with us, for us, through us, each and every day in the midst of everything going on. I'm excited about it because God is doing something regardless of what's going on. I'm just excited tonight about what's happening in the midst of us with God moving. Hey man, it's a little hot in here, a little air conditioning doing what it want to do. Um, however, God is still in control, and I'm excited about that tonight. You know, um, there's a lot of different things going on in the world, and um the people of God need to um be more focused on what they believe and what they know to be true. So tonight I want to talk to you about an interesting topic this afternoon about hope. Bow your heads with me for a minute. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come before you and um, asking that you touch everyone under the sound of my voice, whether they're listening or watching this broadcast, either by podcast or uh, on the TV broadcast, or however they may be hearing this broadcast today. I ask that you touch every liberal soul, break every yoke in their life, oh God. I ask that you touch them in their heart, mind, and spirit, oh God. Save, deliver, and make free, oh God. Oh God, open the understanding that they all know who you are and how to live before you each day. Amen. Get your Bibles. Get your Bibles. And let's go to church. I'm just excited. Oh, just before we move on, you know, I every time I tell you to go to the Tabernacle Deliverance INC.org, leave a prayer request. Uh, 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 um, leave a testimony. I'll become a partner. I also, also forget to tell y'all, those of you that would like to support the ministry financially, you could cash app us at Pastor B L Wells. That's Pastor B L Wells. You could cash up as love offering. You could cash tithe if you want to become part of the ministry, which we already have people doing. Um, so you know, if you want to be a blessing to the ministry, because there are things we do, we take care of our broadcast, the podcast. And uh, we'll be uh, almost finished. We'll be we're working on uh, a particular channel that we'll have just for Bible study only. They'll be working on that. So you can cash us, cash app us at Pastor B L Well if you want to give a love offering or uh, uh, become part of the ministry, paying tithes and offering, etc. Um, on the website, Tabernacle Deliverance, it tells you what you are on the become a partner page. It tells you. Uh, the different things of uh, what we you want to support the broad TV broadcast. I think the podcast, if you want to be tied off or anything like that, you could do it. But I don't think I have uh, we don't have cash app on it. So if you just want to leave, give a love offering or break tied, put a note in it uh, when you do the cash app, what it's for, and that's what it's going to be for. So that's Pastor BL Wells on the cash app. We've had it for a long time. It's just I keep forgetting to tell you about it. And um, I have people that actually cash app us tied. So, I, you know, um, I keep forgetting to tell everybody about it. So come, people don't want to uh, uh, go other way. They use Cash App. So, you know, um, use Cash App. Okay, get your Bibles. Today we're going to talk about hope. Because hope is important. Hope is something that everybody in this lifetime needs. There is nobody, I don't care what walk of life, they're in or where they've been or where they plan on going that don't need hope. Everybody needs to be touched by hope and have some type of hope. 
in business. We hope that the transaction is going to go through and the, the check that the person gave us is not going to bounce. That's something to think about. We, 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 we hope that the check that the customer gave us don't bounce those that don't have all that technology they're using and they go to the bank and cast a check and they're praying that the check don't bounce. My friend used to tell me, he said, man, back then, he when he was doing business in the 80s, he said, back then when I got a check, I went right to the bank to cash it. Because he said, man, back then, money was tight. You know, they write your check, you know, money there, then you stop. All right, let's go to Titus chapter one and verse two. Listen to this. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie, Promise before the world began. I'll read it again. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Now that's something. Hope of eternal life before. The world began. Oh, let me let me read it one more time. Listen to this. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie, God. Are y'all not hearing me today? God cannot lie. In hope of the God that cannot lie. That's something. The hope of the God that cannot lie. And hope, we have hope in the God that cannot lie, who gives us eternal life. Oh, to those that accept eternal life. To those that accept eternal life. So it goes on to say in first Titus, excuse me, Titus 1 and 2 says, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie, promise before the world begun. Before this world was created, before it was brought into being, God made eternal life possible for you and me. The devil don't want you to know that. But a lot of people don't realize the devil doesn't want you to know that God, before the foundation of the world, already know that you was going to be his child. That's something. I want to tell you something. What God sanctifies and saves, the sanctified and saved. But the scripture also tells us, listen to this. We have hope in the God that cannot lie. He can, oh my God. Do you gotta catch grasp what I'm saying? The God who can not lie. Our hope is in the God who made promises, fulfills his promises, and cannot lie on no terms. He said, I'm not a man that I should lie, nor the son of man that I should repent. If God said it, he'll do it. If he's broken, he'll bring it to pass. He's the God that cannot lie. I like that. So it says here, Titus 1 and 2, it says, 
in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. He promised this before the world was even thought of. God knew that some men, listen to this, God knew that some men were going to be wicked. God knew that some men was going to disobey him. He already knew. However, he made proposition, proposition for them. He made a way of escape for those people. He still made a way. He still made eternal life for them. He still made it. If they will repent, if they will turn from their sin, if they were willing to, the Bible said, whosoever will, let them come. You got to be willing. Amen. No marriage is a marriage without willingness. You can force a person to marry you. You can pay the person to marry you, but it's not a marriage. Because it was bought, forced. It's not a union where two people came to an agreement to marry each other. Somebody paid them to do it, to keep them in the country, so they become a citizen. That's not a marriage. But before the world began, God promised us eternal life. A lot of people don't even know that. They are promised eternal life. They're living like a dog in sin. The devil got them believing that God don't care, but yet the scripture says plainly that before the foundation of the world, God promised eternal life. Let's move on. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 26. Proverbs chapter 26. And verse 12. Listen to this. Got to be careful. Listen to this. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit, there is more hope of a fool than of him. I'll read it again. Seest thou a man wise <coughs> in his own conceit, But there's more hope in a fool than him. Why? Because a man that's wise in his own thinking and his own actions, he feels he doesn't need God. He does everything on his own. He doesn't need God. God don't count. God ain't real. I don't need him at all, even if he is. However, he's worse off than a fool. Notice. God didn't say the man was dumb. This didn't say the man was dumb. It didn't say the man was ignorant. The Bible says he's worse than a fool that don't know nothing. Why? Because all his smartness. He had no confidence in God, no hope in God, but only his thinking and only his actions. Is what makes him makes him feel. That's what makes him think. That's what wakes him up in the morning. That's what gets him on his way. Little do he know. No one on this earth is guaranteed to wake up the next day. 
They used to say in the old day, if the Lord will, we'll go here or we'll go there or we're going to do this. Today we say, I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, next week I'm planning to come over to your house. You may be dead before tomorrow. Happens. Forget next week. But the Bible talks about in this verse, a man that's wise in his own concept, there's more hope in a fool that don't know nothing than that person. I don't care how smart you are. That's the thing about God. God don't look at smarts. God doesn't call people because they're smart. You want me to read why he called God? One of the reasons why God people call God, God call people? There's two reasons God call people. A lot of people don't know this. Listen to this. God doesn't call anybody because they're smart. God calls people because they're young and because they're old. The Bible says he called the young because they're strong. The Bible says he called the old because they're wise. He didn't say I'm calling people because they're smart. Are they good looking? Are they pretty? He called people into his service. To minister for him because they're strong and then because they're wise. You got to have the two together. Brother Oliver always taught me a statement that's true. He said a church that don't have uh, young people in it is going to die when the elders die. A church, the hope of the ministry dies when there's no youth in it. Going to die. I'm telling you. You got a hundred people in the church and all them in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s and you ain't got no young people in it, that ministry gonna die. It's guaranteed to die. All small preachers know they're gonna die someday and gonna be glory. Oh, uh, if they're living right, of course. So they look within the ministry. Listen to this. They look within their ministry and all the people that they have and they scout out they look at the different young people and the middle-aged people. They look at the, uh, the teenagers, the babies, the young adults. They look at amongst all of them to see who can take over the church when I'm gone. That's something to think about. And I learned a story about a pastor in Brooklyn. He built a big ministry. He wanted to retire. He was old, sickly. And there was this young kid, scabby kid. And he watched this boy grow from a little infant. And he took a hold of that boy and started training him to ministry at a young age. That same young man, oh, he picked over his own children. Because he felt he knew his children wouldn't live right. His children wouldn't be godly. They run around dropping babies and doing all this mess, and they know they're not supposed to do that. He would not give that. He would not leave that ministry to them. And some preachers leave their ministry to their children when they know their children ain't right, you know. They leave their ministries to their children, hoping one day they get right. You can't do that. You got to have hope in somebody that's living right now. It's an interesting story. How the man turned it over to one of the kids and uh, the other kids that for his children and I wasn't too happy about that. They felt that they would do the church because that's how it is with wealth and everything. The parents were supposed to leave it to the kids, but the children wasn't doing right. They wasn't walking with God. I ain't even no church to them. 
I love my son. You'll never get my ministry. Never. That's we get right with God. So we live in and walking and talking and, and praying and calling on God. So we get to know God for himself. Never happened. Hope. Thank you, Lord. Hope deferred hurts us. It hurts our heart. Good tidings makes us smile. But this scripture here says in verse 12. Seest thou man wise in the own conceit, there's more hope in the fool than him. Don't be wise in your own thinking. See, you got to be careful. The devil will trick you. Amen. They'll have you think you know everything. That's why I constantly tell people, scientists and theologians, they got a thing in common. They keep trying to pick, pick this book apart. And the old other, the other uh, books that's not included in the Bible, they're trying to pick all these books apart a piece so they can figure out when the Lord is coming. They're so smart and so dumb. This book plainly states no one is never going to know when the Lord is going to return. He said there will be signs, and that's it. He said, no man knows the day nor the hour, but your hope should be in God that you have eternal life. Yeah. Did you hear me, beloved? That you have obtained eternal life in Jesus Christ. That's where your hope belongs. That's where your, your focus should be in Jesus Christ. Let's move on. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. In verse 24, and it reads as follows. Listen to this. For we are saved by hope. Listen carefully now. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why do he yet hope for it? I'll read it again. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why do we hope for it? Eternal life is not naturally seen. You can hope for it. You can hope by obeying God's word for eternal life. I have a tablet here, and I have another tablet. For me to say, I'm hoping I have two tablets, and I'm looking at both of them, that's not hope. That's ignorance. Because I got both tablets. Why am I hoping to have them when I already got them? Why am I hoping to have two tablets when I already got them? I see them with my eyes. I'm looking at one right now. Why am I hoping for something I already see with my eyes? Hoping for something that you don't see 
will bring you more encouragement, uh, encouragement to go out there than what you do see. Because once you see it, you can move, move slower because you already see it. Did you hear me? Do you know when a person is buying a house? They're hoping to get the, a mortgage. Well, the conventional way. Here's what they're doing. They're cleaning up their credit. They're making sure they don't buy nothing expensive or overly expensive or within six months of them buying a house. They're making sure all their bills are in order. They're making sure that there's no hard pulls on their credit before they buy their house because they're hoping to obtain a good rated mortgage. They're hoping that nothing will push the mortgage back or make it cost more because they have additional debt that they purchased, X, A, Y, and Z. That's what they're hoping for. But once they get that mortgage, they're no longer hoping for that mortgage. They're no longer hoping for that rate because they got the rate. They got the mortgage. They can see the documents. They can look at the papers with their own eyes. But before, the hope of exciting to get the mortgage is what excited them. So they were doing everything they can. They packing up. So they won't be dumb to get a mortgage for another house that you're going to get. And never pack. That's dumb. You deferring your hope. You going to start packing in faith. I remember what happened before I moved up to where I live now. I packed. I was packed already waiting a year. I even entertained people in the house before we moved. And somebody said, why you got all this stuff back up? I said, like, come on, mommy. Of course, they looked at me like I was kind of crazy. <laughs> but we moved. But hope is something you're constantly pressing towards. You're reaching for. But stuff that you see, you don't got to press towards that much because you already see it. When you're on your way, you're driving out a highway, you're on your way to a hotel, a convention, a business meeting. Once you get into the area, you're not flying down the highway no more because you don't want to miss your spot. Now you see it. Now you start slowing down. Now you start slowing down the highway. And that's how eternal life is. When you begin to obtain eternal life, because there's parts of eternal life, there's eternal life here, and then there's eternal life in eternity. You are attaining eternal life by having the eternal spirit of Jesus Christ come into your life and allow him to guide you each day. That's hope. Because you don't see him. Everybody don't get to see the Lord. Don't buy that story. Everybody gets to see the Lord here on earth. That's not true. I know a lot of people teach that and say, oh, yeah, I've seen the Lord. So -and -so -and -so. I have not seen the Lord Jesus Christ myself. He has not come by and said to me, hi, Bob. Hi, Bernard. How you doing? Let's have a cup of coffee together. No, I haven't had that experience. I have friends that have ultra spiritual experiences. I haven't had all those. I've had experiences, but not all that. Not all those great ones that they be having. I mean, what looking for them, but ah, whatever. But my hope is in God's word. See, you got to make sure your hope is relied in God's word, not in visions, not in dreams, but in God's word. 
Because that's where your salvation comes. Your salvation don't come through dreams. Your salvation don't come through dreams and revelation. They come through the word of God. That's already written. Got to be careful. We got to make sure we have hope in God. We got to make sure our hope is really founded in God. Let's move on. Let's go to Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 21. Let's read what it says real quick. Here we go. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. I'll read it again. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. What is he talking about? What is he talking about? Therefore, I recall the thing that God has done for me before. Therefore, I have hope in God that he will do more for me. Amen. I'll say it again. I recall to my mind over the years how God made ways out of no ways for me. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And that whenever nobody that helped me, God made a way that there seemed to be no way to be made. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He made a way when there was no way to be made. Amen. There are people that the doctor gave us to die. And God stepped in and made a way of a life lasting for them. Amen. Go read the story of Hezekiah, a man that God even said that he was going to die. Amen. Oh my gosh. God even said Hezekiah was going to die. Not just the doctors, not just the prophets, but God said, go tell the man to set his house in order because he's going to surely die. Amen. But he recalled to mind. Listen to that. This man, King Hezekiah, called to mind the things he knew that God had done for him in his lifetime. Instead of sitting in the corner and cry, <coughs> Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he started calling on God. Have not I walked before you? Have not I been obedient before you? Have not I done what you say? Spare my life. Amen. And I'll continue to say, I want to be with my kids some more. I want to spend the time with the people of God some more down here. Before the prophet Isaiah could get in the outer court, the Lord spoke to the man of God and said, go back and tell Hezekiah that I'm going to give him 15 more years. And prophet Isaiah said, what? You just told me to tell him anything. Go tell him what I said. He said, no problem, Lord. And he went back in there. The Lord told me to tell you you're going to live 15 more years. Hezekiah said, hold up, buddy. You ain't getting off the hook like that. You're not gonna just gonna tell me God just told you. You just told me, told me God said I was gonna die. Now you're gonna say, God's gonna give me 15 more years. I want you to do something for me. He said, Well, what you want? <clears throat> I want you to God to perform a miracle for me. And now he also heals me. Now I'll live. 
Let me pray for those watching the broadcast. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to touch every little soul watching the broadcast right now. Meet every need in their lives. Break every yoke in Jesus' name. Oh, God, I thank you for what you're doing in their lives. In Jesus' name, those that want to support the broadcast, remember you could uh, <clears throat> cash app us at Pastor B. L. Wells at Cash App. I just want to let y'all know that. Pastor B. L. Wells at Cash App. Now, listen on. Hezekiah told the prophet Isaiah, I want you to ask God to turn the sundown back three degrees. Isaiah said, what? Three degrees? That wasn't no easy thing. Because for God to turn the sundown back three degrees, it's going to change everything. Did you hear me? He wasn't talking about personal turning just for his life. He was talking about God pushing back the sundown when everybody's life on the planet. People don't talk about that. It was everybody's life on the planet. They was gone, their life was going to be pushed back three degrees. Somebody was going to live three degrees longer. Oh, my God. Somebody was supposed to die within those three degrees. But now, King Hezekiah said, I want you to ask God to push it back three degrees. Somebody was going to live three degrees longer. Ooh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hope. Hope. From God. Hope from God. That man had Isaiah call on God and God pushed that degree back. Three times. Pushed it back three degrees. And that wasn't no light thing to do. Because it changed time. Just imagine I take my clock and turn it back three hours. Nothing ain't going to happen. I just turn my clock back three hours. Everybody going to still be three hours ahead of me. Amen. But when God did it, everybody went back three hours. Oh my gosh. It went back three degrees. Oh. Ah, oh, most people don't even understand what that means. The whole world was changed because of Hezekiah's words. Not only did God heal Hezekiah, he gave him 15 more years. Oh, that's that's something. Amen. Can you imagine knowing how long you have? Oh my gosh. Amen. You know that you're going to go home to be with the Lord at a specific time because now you told me you get 15 years. That's up. You know now you got time to do a lot of different things because you know God says you're going to get 15 more years. He heals you. You can move around, do what you got to do. You got 15 years. Everybody else is wondering now when they're going to die. Everybody hoping they can do this, hoping that. But you know you got the time. Oh, my gosh. Hoping God. That's something to think about. This man known he had an additional 15 years to live. He knew he wasn't dying the next day. He knew he was going to die in 15 years. Amen. He, I, I know y'all got to hear this. I, I want to move on, but just listen to this. This man was able to go to sleep without a shadow of doubt he would be fine and that he was going to wake up tomorrow. We don't have that. We do not have that. None of us do. We don't have that. I can lay in my bed and die tonight. There's nowhere, nowhere in the Bible say I'm guaranteed to wake up tomorrow morning if it's the Lord's will. If the Lord work with me and wake me up. 
I'm dead serious. The head king Hezekiah. 15 more years, he knew that he would wake up the next morning and do what he got to do. And the thing was, God knew that the man walked before him. That was one of the main keys. <clears throat> one of the main keys, the man walked before God. He wasn't a hypocrite. He wasn't playing church, trying to impress people. He was living right. <clears throat> Listen to this. Okay, verse 21 again. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. And the Kai hope because he knew what God had done. And it caused him to reach out and stretch out on God. And he got 15 more years. Turn the sun down back three degrees. Oh my gosh, that's just something. That's something, that's something, that's something. Let's move on. I get excited. I'll be jumping all over this place today. Hallelujah. Today. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalms 147. Psalms 147. And verse 11. Listen to this. The Lord taking pleasure in them that fear him and in, in them and those that hope in his mercy. I'll read it again. <clears throat> the Lord taking pleasure in them that fear him and those that hope in his mercy. See, a lot of people Miss out on him. Because they don't hope in the Lord's mercy. But this scripture is unique because it's telling us that the Lord takes pleasure. The Lord wants to be around you. He wants to hang out with you. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> he takes pleasure. Look at that verse. It said the Lord Taking pleasure in them that fear him. Oh my gosh. The Lord takes pleasure in those people that fear him and walk before him in righteousness. Amen. The Lord takes pleasure in them that fear him and those. I hope in his mercy. That's one of the biggest problems we have today is <clears throat> people are confused <clears throat> because they get confused religiously. They hear so many preachers saying so many things <clears throat> and they're all looking for pies in the sky and all this other dumb stuff. They follow preachers that offer blessed oil, blessed rags, blessed nails, blessed coins, all kind of dumb stuff. That's because 
they not take a part in the scripture. Their scripture says, the Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him. They don't fear him when he follows behind preachers that sell bless nails, bless them all, bless oil, and all this other stupid foolishness that God has nothing to do with. This is about our water. It's just water. If I pray over it, I've God's going to sanctify it. It don't have no magical powers in it. I just drink it. It's the same thing with these bottled oil, the cloths, and all this other stuff they send in. And some of them ain't even getting prayers through in the first place. I could pray over this uh, paper towel, give it to my wife to go put it on somebody that she knows sick, and God will heal them. There's no power in this. It's just an act of faith. But they telling you they got blessed water from Jerusalem, blessed blood water from Jerusalem, <clears throat> miracle water. Where did they get it from? Where did they get it from? That's not hope. That's ignorance. This water is not miracle. You can go to Jerusalem and scoop up all the dirty water you want and put it through a filter and then put it in the bring it in the bottle and then say, this is holy water. That water ain't holy. That water's not holy. You could go to the cat in the water and scoop up their water too. That water's not holy. That's water. All right. God told us to be holy. We don't want to be that. We want holy water. No. He said, be holy for I am holy. He said, peace follow all men and holiness without no man to see the Lord. He has said nothing about no holy water. They used that scripture. That the angel came down and troubled the water. They don't tell the whole story. The whole story said the first person that got in the water was healed. And it only happened once a year. So when they talk about it, they got holy water. Miracle water. They're miracle liars. They're miracle liars. Have the Bible call them? Lying wonders. This verse says here, 47 and 11 says, the Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him and those that hope in his mercy. You ain't getting wrapped up in no mess, people. When you're hoping in the Lord, you're hoping in the Lord. You can't be living an adulterous life and expect God to honor you. And expect God to take pleasure in you. Knowing scriptures don't mean nothing. The Bible said the devil knows the word of God and trembles. Amen. He believes in God and trembles. Get your hope right. Make sure you're hoping in God. Amen. And not a man. <clears throat> I'm serious. One of, one of the mistakes I made was um, not really discussing about Cash App or letting people send an offer and stuff. One of the reasons, my main reason for not to do that, because I, every time I see all these phony, that's all they think, cash at me, cash at me, cash at me. And I said, I don't want to do that. I don't want think people to think I'm a phony. But however, I've learned through a number of people that uh, uh, sent offers and stuff, they started sending it to Cash App. So I said, just, um, I'll just Cash App. That, you know, people don't want to do it. But I didn't want to do it because there's all these phony running around saying, Cash App me, Cash App me. And it's nerve wracking. But like I said, I, you know, I just, people want to Cash App me, they Cash me, best to be our wealth. Amen. 
and it'll be used what it's supposed to be. So the scripture says, God take pleasure in them. That's nice to know. When you fear God, God take pleasure in you. That's good. To, that's good to know. That God take pleasure in you. And in those that hope in his mercy, I hope in God's mercy. I hope you do too. Let's move on. Okay, let's go to Lamentations. Back to the book of Lamentations. Lamentations. Chapter 3 again. And verse 26. Listen to this. Listen carefully. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. I'll, I'll say it again. I'll read it again. It is good that a man should both hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. You got no business fretting over what other people have. You got no business being envious over what other people have obtained. Got no business. You're supposed to be waiting patiently for God to perform salvation in your life. What is salvation in your life? I don't know. That's why I don't teach and I never will, never have. That what God done for Joe, he's going to do for you because you don't know what Joe been through. Amen. You don't even know what God gave Joe what he got. I want, I want to have what like Joe have. No, I don't. Joe could be a secret drug dealer, mafia, hitman. You don't know. Everybody going to church, they say. Everybody know how to call Jesus. Jesus, no, don't know him. He said, "Why well, call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say do?" So everybody don't know him. He said that you might know me in the power of my resurrection and fellowship of my suffering. But everybody don't know him. Come on. Amen, amen. The scripture says here, it is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. That we should both quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. For you. One of the things that mess everybody up, they hide everywhere else. They can't quietly wait. Do you know why? I got a preacher, I do a teaching, I'll preach a message about the uh, 10 virgins when the Lord give it to me. And it's coming, I know it's coming. It comes up all the time. Do you know one of the reasons why the ten virgins, the foolish virgins, were left behind? They didn't know where to get no more oil from. Amen. <laughs> they could have go buy more oil, but they didn't know where to get none. It was too late. Everybody was called. Who has who selling oil at this time of morning? Who's selling oil at five thirty in the morning back then? Yeah. We got to both. We got to both 
and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. You know what? <clears throat> I thought it came to my mind. Many years ago, people would be waiting while we call the welfare check. Then people will patiently wait for that check to come. When the day was coming, it was coming. Some of them be sitting in front of our mailbox. <laughs> Some of them will be sitting out in front of the mailbox waiting for the mailman. They had all this technology. You had to wait till the check coming. Then you got to go cast the check. Hope you don't get mugged on the way. Oh, same thing with payday. You know payday's coming. If you don't have direct deposit, then they have it back then. You know payday was coming. You patiently worked all week. And you hoping for that check to come in. Ah, you hope they didn't dock you a couple of hours because you, you were late a few times. Or you're hoping you ain't, they don't dock you. You're hoping everything is it's the same amount, a good amount. And then you're hoping. And then it's payday and they're giving out those checks. You got your check now. You're happy. Your salvation for the week. That's good. It sounds funny, but that check is your salvation for gas and your car, food on your table. Help you pay the rent you're paying. I, I did something. My wife, my sister told me about a program. I can't remember the name of it. But this program, when you buy stuff at all the stores that's connected to it, they send you money back. Man, she should have told me about that a long time ago. I would have learned, cleared away five, six hundred dollars already. However, they also got another catch to it. When you spend over thirty dollars, they don't give you thirty dollars. I was like, well, I wasn't paying no money. So next thing I know, boom, thirty dollars. I'm like, oh my gosh, thirty dollars. And then the thing I own, I got three dollars to change back. I'm at thirty-three dollars. Whoa! I told my sister, I said, you know what? I could pay two bills with that thirty-three dollar. Isn't that something? Amen. That just saved me thirty-three dollars in my back in my pocket. However, we have to wait patiently for the salvation of the Lord. We got to get into his word. One of the reasons we don't have patience in God because we don't take time to sit our behind down and read God's word. That's why we so fretful. We always flip it out because we don't know the word of God. The word of God is not saturating our minds and our hearts. We're not reading it. You can watch all the TV preachers you want, but you need to read your Bible for yourself. You need to hear what God is saying to you. People say, well, I never heard God speak to me. He's going to speak to you first through his word. He's going to speak to you through this book first. Amen. Now, you're going to be hearing demons talking to you all the time because God doesn't speak to nobody 24 hours a day. You got to get to know God's voice through his word. Once you learn God's voice through his word, you're going to hear your hearer. Amen, amen. God speaks through nature, his word, nature, and man. God will speak to you through his word. Listen to his word. But you got to read it first. Let's move on. All right, let's go to 1 John chapter 3. And verse 3. And the reason is follow. 
Listen to, listen to the verse. First John 3 and 3 says, Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he's pure. Also, I'll read it again. Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he's pure. Now, we need to understand something about Christ Jesus. Number one, he's holy. Amen. That's the first thing we need to understand about Christ Jesus. The Bible just said every man that have this hope in him, Jesus Christ, purifies himself from the deeds of this world. Trying to be like everybody else. Trying to do what everybody else do. Have what everybody, Reverend Ike used to say, used to say, you can have what you want to have and you could do what you want to do. He just didn't tell you, you have to pay for it eternally. And he knew it too. He knew it too. He knew people were ignorant, willingly, that if he told them to give him a thousand dollars, they gave it to him. That's serious. Every man that had the hope of Jesus Christ in his life purify himself and modify the deeds in his body. As Christ Jesus is pure and holy and clean. And sanctified in godly. Amen. When you're godly, you're not going to be living an adulterous life. When you're godly and saved, you're not going to be having no fear behind your wife's back. First of all, behind God's back, and God see your stink behind. When you pull your drawers off with that woman, our man, God see your naked stink behind anyway. We don't care. Neither do I. The Bible is clear. It's not ignorant. It's not blinding. It's not of a secret and private interpretation. It simply says this. And every man that hath this hope in him, Amen. let him and he purify himself even as he is pure. Clean yourself up. Stop hanging out with those liars and those scammers. Don't come telling me you're going out drinking with people because they got they are they're drinkers. Don't lie. Tell the truth you wanted to drink. You still gonna bust hell wide open for living like that anyway. Okay. I might as well tell the truth. If you have the hope of Jesus Christ in your life, you're striving to be godly. Not the reverse. I didn't tell you to be so heavenly minded to you so no earthly good. That ain't in the Bible neither. I could go on for days and tell you that I ain't got time to go on today. But the thing about hope here is you got to do what's required to obtain eternal hope. The blessed hope, as we say. Get real hope in God. Let's move on.
We're just about finished. Let's go to chapter, Ephesians chapter 4. We're just about finished. Uh, I was reading something online that they were making a joke about what preachers say. And the preacher would say, we're just about finished. And he keeps you there another hour or two. <laughs> we're not seeing you another hour or two. Y'all only with me for about an hour. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Okay, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4. That is funny, though. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4. Listen to this carefully. There is one body and one spirit, even as we are called in one hope of your calling. Let me read it again. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. Wow. Hey, conservative Christians, you're liars. Hey, Pentecostals, you're liars too. Hey, holiness, you're all liars. Hey, Catholics, you're liars. Presbyterians, you're liars. The Bible said we're all called in one hope. Right here in the word of God. Don't be talking about my church like that. They're liars. <laughs> Now you're going to be gunning for me for sure. Liars! The Bible says all liars are going to go to hell. They're going to burn through the lake of fire and burn throughout eternity. The scripture says here, listen to this. There is one body, Jesus Christ, and one spirit, the spirit of God, even as ye are called in the one hope of your calling. There ain't no black church. There ain't no white church. There ain't no Spanish church. There's one church, the church of the living God. Amen. God ain't got no racists. God ain't got no homosexuals. He ain't got no adulterers. He ain't got no thieves. He ain't got no pedophiles. Hello? Liars, liars, liars. There's one hope, and that's in God. There's one church, the church of the living God. There's one body, the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's one eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the son of the living God. Amen. That's it, buddy. That's it. That's what the scripture says. I'll read it again. Now we read it slow. So just in case somebody missing it, that's listening. I'll read it slow. Ephesians chapter four, verse four. There was five churches. Ten spirits that ye are calling. Tell me y'all, that's what it's saying. But that's not what the scripture actually says. The scripture says, there is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope. We're called in one hope. The hope of eternal life. We're called to be a part of the body of Christ. Through the eternal spirit of God. Your hope. A hope of eternal life. Some people got religious hope. They're hoping when they go to church, everything is going to be okay. That's funny. 
They hope if they go to church after the outbreak is over, everything is going to be back to normal. Everything's going to be back to, uh, okay. It's never going to be back to normal. All those people that died are not coming back. Hello? All those people that died are not coming back. All of us that was affected by the virus are not going to be the way we want people. I talked to one of my good, good, good friends today. And he explained to me that he took the vaccine and he got sick from taking the vaccine. He said he was fine one day, sick the next, while the next day back and forth. Took a while, even with the vaccine, to get himself back together. Now he's going to take a second shot. He don't know how that's going to respond. It's no such thing as back to normal, folks. Stop buying into the false prophet lies. We're living in the end time. I don't care what Paula White and the rest of them lying prophets prophesy. They're lying. <coughs> They're liars. And the truth is not in them. God's word is not of a lie. God's servants don't prophesy lies. Sue me. I ain't got nothing anyway. <laughs> and you ain't getting nothing near me anyway. All you lying prophets out there, keep prophet lying. Have a good time. But I know one thing. You'll never get eternal life until you repent of your sins. And you better pray God don't turn you over to a reprobated mind. <laughs> Our hope is in one body and in one spirit. And we all have one calling. That is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. All these white churches, they don't want no black folks in it. They Black folks in it or dark-skinned folks in it or, or Mexican folks in it. That's not part of the church of the living God. That's a religious organization to have, and that's a cult. The same goes for black churches. They don't want no white folks in it. This is how I see churches to be. A church should serve, a church fellowship should first be based off the people in the community. Okay. The churches should be based off the community, the people that live in the community first, and then people from other areas should be allowed to come. But don't come telling me that you don't want no black folks in your church because it's all white. You're going to upset the people. You and them people are going to hell together. So it's no big thing. When I first started pastoring, one of the first things I told the Lord, I'm not pastoring no all black church because you ain't got no all black church. So I know it's not from you. There's church I pastor, but mixed. Any church I minister in, I, any church that I lead, <clears throat> ministry I mean, is mixed, and it's mixed today. Because God don't have no white church. That's racism. God don't have no black church. That's racism. You know why all this Afro-American, white American, African-Americans? You know what? I want to tell you this before we close out. You could be white, Korean, American, Black American, or whatever. You go in some of these other countries, the second they find out you are an American, they don't care what color they are, they're going to kill you behind. They're going to kill you behind. You're going to say, I'm a white American, they're going to kill you. I'm a Black American, they're going to kill you behind. Go over to North Korea running that number. I'm, I'm a white American. 
you're gonna get a bullet. Nobody's saying you're a black American. They sure are gonna shoot you. <laughs> Everybody gonna die to say they're American. But here we, I'm I'm a white American. I'm better than the black people. They're lower than me. And the black saying, I'm better than them. Everybody's better than everybody. But in God's eye, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And they're not righteous. No, not one. Amen. I don't beat around a bush. I don't shut a coat, nothing. I tell facts as the way they are because God said all men must repent of their sins. There's no sidetrack. There's no easy way out. There's no uh, secret entrance into heaven. You don't buy or sing your way into heaven or preach your way into heaven. <clears throat> Those of you listening to this broadcast, <coughs> understand something that God does not change. Understand that you must be holy. <clears throat> understand that you must accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior in order to be holy. Your self-righteousness will never do in God's sight. Neither will mine. I don't care the name of the church you belong to. I don't care who your pastor is. I don't care what none of that is. It don't interest me. What interests me is that you get to know Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Your pastor can't save you. That's for sure. I can't save him either. But Christ can. He went to Calvary just for you. And if there's anyone that don't know the Lord as your personal savior today, let us pray. Let me pray for you now. Bow your head and repeat after me. Lord Jesus, <clears throat> I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart to be my Lord and my personal Savior. I surrender my life to you right now. I ask you to guide me and lead me each day. Open my understanding of, my, of your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it's only Christ, Jesus, that could really give us hope and give us eternal hope. You could go to any ministry you want, but hope, eternal hope comes from God. Uh, we're back here on Wednesday night for Bible study at 8 p.m. You could come and join along with us if you want. Uh, you can visit our website at tabernacledeliveranceinc.org. Leave a prayer request. Leave a testimony what God doing for your life. And you could also visit our partner page to become a partner, as I was saying before. And you could cash out for that, Pastor B. L. Wells. Uh, if you want to live a love offering or something, you could do it there. But listen, let's walk with God in real hope. And let's not our hope be wrapped up in this world where we can't get in tune with God. Until Wednesday night, um, I'm always looking for something around here. There you go. <laughs> Okay, until Wednesday night for Bible study. I'll see you. But walk with God or yourself. God bless.